Hey, Pastor Mike warned you guys already that we're going to start in James chapter 1. James is dealing with testing, and that's kind of what we're dealing with today. We're going to talk about Bible study, but the, the idea really starts with testing. So um, with that, I want to talk to you about some tests. I remember working for the government that there's this specific kind of test that I had to deal with called random urinalysis. <clears throat> Now, a lot of jobs that you have, you don't have to deal with these too much unless there's an accident. You are driving a company vehicle and have an accident. Some boo-boo happens in the warehouse, something like that. You may have to deal with these. But then when the military, sometimes they weren't so random. Like, I remember as we left for basic training, one of the last things we had to do was take a, a urinalysis. And then just a couple days into basic training, we had to do another one, and in fact, my flight, we lost a a, a guy in, in, in our group because he failed it, and his cocaine content was so high that he did it like that day. We were trying to figure out exactly how that happened. But again, you know, some of these tests, are they, they take you by surprise. I remember my first random urinalysis. They, they bring you in this room, and you're in there with a bunch of other people, and nobody's wanting to make eye contact or talk to one another because it's completely awkward, and they give you some instructions. Here's your cup. Wait on your observer. Like, observer? And they said, yes, they must observe urine leaving your body. Like, awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. Not. And I, I remember my observer. He was, you know, we weren't becoming friends or anything, but you know, for what it was, he was, he was pretty cool. Um, he comes up to me and, and says, you ready for your test? And I'm <laughs> like, I have an option, I guess, you know, and, and he says, well, I hope you studied. And <laughs> it, you know, it kind of threw me off for a minute, but his levity actually helped me some because it turns out uh, I have a bit of test anxiety and I thought it was only academic, but If I think back, though, I can remember all kinds of tests, and some I studied really, really hard for. My very first calculus test, I made a 16. There were some smart kids in that class, and we made 16s and 20s. Um, now, of course, there was that one student who, who passed, and took the chance of the curve really helping any of us completely away. And you know, we're at lunch, and um, this this kid's you know just upset about their seventy six on their test. And I'm like, seventy, what? How are you? You're complaining? We I made a sixteen, and you're complaining about your your seventy six. I remember memorizing sections of of plays and poems that we had to recite for different classes at school where th that you work on them for weeks and weeks at a time trying to get them down so you, 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 you say them just right. And I remember this one test that, that I really, really bombed. Um, my dad had died earlier that afternoon. And as often happens when you have a death in a family, People come over and they bring food and drinks and sorts, those sorts of things because they know you're going to be, be hosting people at your home, and it, it helps with 
the, uh, helps alleviate the need for hosting while you're grieving and in shock and those sorts of things. And, and, and this one guy brought over, I'm sure y'all, y'all know what kind of cooler I'm talking about. They're the 100-quart coolers, the, the big guys. It takes two guys to pick them up. You only pull them out if you shoot deer or you're having a big fish fry. You know, those kind of coolers. They're the big ones. And it was full of drinks. And I started kind of rummaging through it looking for, you know, I wanted to see what was in it because if I didn't want Diet Coke and I wanted a Dr. Pepper, I just wanted to know if it was in there. And I got down to the bottom of the cooler and the top, the bottom two layers were nothing but beer. And um, that evening after most everybody had left, some of my cousins who were, who lived out of town had made it to town and we were all sitting in our driveway and I had a cousin bring me a beer and say, here, you need this. And it was, I was in high school, and it was the first one. And it started a long road of years of me using alcohol to cover things. It was a test that I was not ready for. I hadn't studied for that one, and I bombed it. Pastor Mike last week talked a little bit about self-control and the lady on the phone in the the restaurant. At the time, I didn't have that. And if you believe that I have it now, well, I kind of do a little more. The Holy Spirit's working on me, still working on me. Um, And I fared fairly well in the academic environments. But there were some others that I didn't. Uh, The test, when my dad went out of the country for work and left me the keys to his Corvette, I failed that one. (laughs) The test when my mom died and a family member said, I want a limousine. And I said, I'll say it a little nicer in front of you guys. There's a long black F-250 sitting outside. If you want to ride and you're not paying for it, get in the back of that one. The test when my son got in my face and I decided that if he wanted to act like a man, I'd teach him who a man was. Some of these things, I've failed and failed hard. But these are situations that life presents us. Stuff that when I look back, I wonder if I could do them over if I do something different. But again, they were things life presented me. And I know some of the things I've said probably resonate with you guys. They're things I hadn't studied for. Being where I'm at right now, I wonder how life would be different if I had done some things biblically. One of the things that's really important for us at this church is that this book, the message contained within this book, is relevant. It's real. It applies to our lives. The big idea for today is is Bible study. Your ability to study this book unlocks answers to the real tests of life. I want to give you guys some examples. I'm going to go through five fairly quickly. Five examples of situations we encounter in our lives and how the Bible answers those. After that, I want to give you guys a tool, a methodology for studying the Bible. So you can, you can own that yourself. So without further ado, James chapter 1, this is the test of endurance. These tests are relevant when you want to give up, when you've been there, you're You've dug in. You want to give up. Now, looking back, you realize that not giving up grew you. 
It changed who you are, made you a better person. James chapter 1, verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. These trials are linked to testing. That's what we're talking about today. The kinds, these are the kinds of tests, the trials, the kinds of tests that life offers. Because you know that the testing, I told you they were linked. This is, this is what, what we're talking about today. It, it, scripture tells us to run our race, to not give up, to, to not give in. Now remember, when I'm not giving in, I have to be careful between what I'm doing and what Christ is doing within me. Scripture teaches us that, that I can do all things through Christ, not through Tyler. But, but this idea of being tested and, and not giving up, here's what, here's what James says. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This is the relevant need today. It's a can-do attitude when life's pressure builds up on us and we become tested. He keeps going, and we see the results of, of that test. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. Maturity and completeness, this is, this is the benefit of doing of the test. It, it's, it's taking the test and, and finding out you did okay. You remember that feeling when you got the test back and, and you scored well. This is the, you scored well on a test of life. You've, you're growing maturity. You're, you're becoming more complete. You're a better person, a more well-rounded person, a better follower of Jesus. Now, another situation kind of like this, the, the endurance thing, is the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, a lot of us are familiar with it where th this father and his, his son comes to him and says, give me my inheritance, I want to go do my thing. He runs off and gets into shenanigans while dad's at home grieving his child. This father is enduring. He's in a test of endurance when his child is rebelling and there are people in this room who were either that child or have been that parent. Did you have a struggling relationship with your child? You're being tested, and there is an answer in the book. There is a way to handle it. Example number two is the test of character. These tests are really relevant when your reputation is on the line. This time I'm reading from Romans chapter 15. Excuse me, Romans chapter 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Those are those same situations that James talked about in what we just read. This suffering, this, this idea of trials, that we glory in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings produce perseverance. There's, there's the same thing that James said, that we go through these trials, we go through these tests, perseverance is the result, but, James, but Paul keeps going. Paul takes it a step further because perseverance becomes character. He says, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So perseverance and character, when we do something once, we do something good one time, that's a good thing. But when, when it becomes part of who we are, that's when it becomes part of our character. And when we look back over our lives and we see the impact that Christ has had on us, the change the Holy Spirit has, has brought about in our lives, it does give us hope because we recognize the work that God does in our lives and we become emboldened and encouraged to continue living our faith walk strongly. 
this idea of character, though, there, there is a, a list, if you want, of, of character traits. We call them fruits of the Spirit a lot of times. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all examples of, of, again, character traits that followers of Jesus ought to possess. But if you're being tested, and look, I mean really, really tested. I'm talking about you're behind somebody in traffic, and you are convinced it's not that they don't use their turn signal. They don't have one, period, dot. And they're driving 10 miles an hour below the speed limit. You finally get the chance to pass them. And we're not even talking about going as far as the Top Gun situation. And, you know, Goose hates it when it does that. I'm just saying you mean mug them. As you pass them, you, you give them the look. Your teeth are gritted a little bit. <clears throat> That's a test. And if you remember the fruits of the Spirit, kindness is one of them. Maybe just don't look. Maybe just, you can pass them. That's okay. But don't, don't stir the pot. Kindness is an option for the follower of Jesus. Remember, your character is one thing that no matter what happens to you in life, no matter what you lose, no matter what's stripped away from you, your character is yours and yours alone. You can own it and you can give it away. But your character matters and it's tested my, my, I have an, an older sister. She was, she was adopted, and uh, she had a, a test in high school that um, her teacher accused her of cheating on. The, the girl beside her had the exact same answers. Um, no matter what she or my parents did, they couldn't convince her, convince this teacher that, that Brandy didn't cheat. So mom, being a teacher, said, here's what you do. Uh, the next time you have a test, fill out the test, you know, mark some answers, get some right, but get a bunch wrong. And then wait on the cheater sitting beside you to go turn in their test and then erase all the wrong answers and fix them. <clears throat> and this will either stop the cheating or highlight the difference. So when the teacher hands back all the tests, the cheater looks at Brandy and goes, why is your grade so much different than mine? And Brandy goes, duh, stop cheating. These are ideas, that, the idea of cheating at least, it, it, these are things that are in, that, that, that we can answer with the book, our character, our integrity, our honesty, our truthfulness, these are all things that, that Scripture teaches us how to use and, and how to, to cling to them when we're being tested. The third test is the test of authenticity. This test is really relevant when your faith is being tested. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul wrote, Examine yourselves. That's another way of saying test, examine. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. That is the authenticity part. Are you following Jesus or just saying that you're following Jesus? Do the tongues of your shoes walk the way that your tongue and your mouth says you're walking? Do, when people look at you, or the way you walk, does it look more like Jesus? Or are you just blabbing? Paul says to examine yourselves. Do not, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And failing the test, of course, what Paul's saying there is Jesus isn't in you. But if you're struggling with your faith, that's the test. Look at your life, examine your life. 
are there characteristics? Are those fruits of the Spirit evident in your life? Test number four is the test of confusion. These tests are relevant when there's mixed message, mixed messages within the faith community. First John chapter four, we read, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. That's that's John saying, evaluate the quality of the teaching you're being exposed to. There, there's, there's things going on, test them, validate them by the book. Is, is, does, it, does it match up with the book? He says, so test the spirits and see whether they're from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There are teachers and preachers who are simply missing the mark. Now look, in this spot, I'm very aware that, that I can make mistakes. Um, but what we want you to know is that if something doesn't sit right, doesn't sound right, we, we want you to be able to hold us accountable that, that there are answers to the test that, that like I said, not, we're, I'm not above making a mistake, so I want you to hold me accountable. And we want you to be able to study because there are, there are things we have not taught or, or it's been a while since we taught and you need to review that, that you can own, you can study. And then test number five is the test of companionship. Paul in, in Thessalonians was writing as he neared the end of, of 1 Thessalonians, he was writing to this church about how to get along with one another, how to live in community, where, where if there's conflict in the church, how to handle it, that kind of thing. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, he wrote this, but test them all. He's talking about influences there. Test all the influences in your life and hold on to what's good. In another place, Paul wrote this. He said that bad company corrupts good character. If the test you're dealing with involves bad influences in your life, the answer's simple. Test them. Evaluate them by the morals and standards that Christ compelled us to live by. Commit to the good things. Commit to the things he told us to live by. So here's a summary. The deal is that all of these are tests that life gives us. And your personal study unlocks the answers to the tests. These are situations that are why we want you to study, plus a number of others. I just listed five really quickly. Who knows what else is out there? But these are, these are the situations why we want you to engage plus one, why we want you to take part in personal study, to own your personal study. It's why we, we suggest resources like Right Now Media that has topical studies. That Those five topics I just listed, pick one of them. Right Now Media has a study on it to help you. It's why we, we talk about things like Blue Letter Bible. It's why we tell you about the resource study resources on the Bible app. And if you need help with any of those, call us, text us, fax us, send an email. I don't know the fax number. <laughs> use a communication card. Whatever means of communication you need to use, get in touch with us. We'll help you with those because the truth is that we're not always going to be near you to help you when you're tested. These are not situations that a teacher announces to us. If you remember being in school and getting a pop quiz, this isn't a planned test. 
These aren't situations where some friend at work tempts you with pornography, where there's somebody there in, in, the, in the background going, remember, honor your spouse. Or a situation where you're left alone with the cash box at the office. And you hear somebody, remember, don't steal. Or where your child really tests you. And you have to have somebody tell you instead of writing them off to remember to, to pray and remain ready for them to return to the faith. These aren't things we always see coming. They're not things that we can even always be prepared for. But nonetheless, life throws these kind of tests at us. Now, I said in summary just a minute ago, and y'all know that really doesn't mean anything, right? It was just a summary of those five things. I got more. <clears throat> I want to give you the methodology. I want to give you a process by which you can study. We often look at Scripture and we try to figure things out, and, and without kind of a methodology, sometimes it's willy-nilly. So I want to give you this methodology to help you study on your own. So these steps are in the program. There's going to be an image that comes up behind me in a minute. The, the, the steps will end up uh, on our website with the message. If you want the image, I can get it out there to you. Whatever you need, if you want to use this, we want to give you this tool. So I'm going to list the five steps, briefly explain them to you, and then we'll, I'll go through one of these with you. So step number one is to grasp the text in their town. This is all about context. It's figuring out what this meant to the original audience and, and what the, the original author was intending to communicate. That's what it's about. It's what did it mean to them? And then we have to measure the width across the river. That's comparing the, the two cultures. The culture with which it was written to, what, what it meant to them. You're looking at things like time and language and, and culture and, and those sorts of things. And then you're looking at our own culture so we can look at similarities and differences and, and kind of start figuring out what, what all this is supposed to look like. Step three is to cross the principalizing bridge. A lot of times Pastor Mike and I will put on on the screen during a message, the big idea for a message, that's what this is. It's coming, looking at the text and figuring out what the big idea is. Step four is to consult the biblical map. There's, a, there's an idea when in Bible study that you interpret Scripture with Scripture. So if you're trying to figure something out, look at the rest of Scripture and see what it says about that topic. And then the last step is to grasp the text in our own town. All that is is application. That's how does this, this, this big idea apply in my life? So a few minutes ago, I, I listed some things. I said that, you know, these are tests that, that you may come across, and I mentioned pornography and work. Um, I want to break that down. Now, I know this is traditionally a, a thing that guys deal with, but I want you to know, ladies, I don't want you just sitting there elbowing your husbands or, or scowling at your sons. There was a survey 15 years ago, and if you think over the last 15 years how our culture has changed and how progressively things have, have increased, this study found that one-fifth of internet users who viewed adult content were ladies. That number's been rising. Pew Research has not redone that survey because the survey people didn't uh, the, the, the people who took the survey 
uh, admitted they didn't like answering the question, so they fear that that number was actually much higher than it actually was. So I want to run through these five steps with a verse dealing with this. The verse is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Paul wrote this, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. So step number one is to grasp the text in their town. What did this mean to them? The primary word that I'm really focusing on is sexual immorality. The Greek phrase for that, the Greek word was pornea. I, look, I used a tool called Blue Letter Bible to find this. Uh, it's something that Pastor Mike and I have talked about from, from a stage more than once. But um, Blue Letter Bible, you can look at a word and, and they, you'll see an, what's called an interlinear Bible where you've got your Bible in, in English and beside it, there will be Greek or Hebrew words that, that were the original text. And you can click on it, and it'll give you all the information about that word and meanings, and, and it's a fancy dictionary, in other words. And that word, what it means is it's an illicit sexual act. So it's anything sexual that's outside the scope of marriage as God created it. That's, that's what that word means. We have now grasped the text in their town. We understand what, what that word meant. Now we have to measure the width across the river. So we're comparing 1st century Corinth to 21st century Statesboro, Metter, Pulaski, our area, right? Southeastern United States. <clears throat> what are the similarities and differences between those cultures? Now, let me tell you that Knowing about Corinth, a lot of what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to turn to commentaries. We're going to have to turn to study materials. A really good uh, study Bible will tell you a lot of that thing, a lot of that stuff. But some of the similarities, sexual temptations, absolutely a, a similarity. The the progressivism in culture is a similarity. The the church there was dealing with Roman influence and and paganism from from old Romans, and it 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 permeated what was the culture of the church. And if you walk outside these doors, the world is pushing on us to do things their way and to kind of blend our ways. The differences, the primary difference, at least with regard to this topic, is, is technology. It's the internet. The Corinthians didn't have internet pornography. They had statues and, and things like that. But yes, there are similarities, there's differences, and now we have to cross the principalizing bridge. That's step number three. Here's the principle. Paul, all he was saying is avoid it. Stay away from it. Don't do this. Don't go down that road is what, what Paul's saying. Again, the tools that you're going to use to kind of work through that study or commentaries, a good study Bible. Avoid these self-seeking acts is what Paul's saying. And you're going to hurt yourself, you're going to hurt your spouse, you're going to hurt people who are involved in these situations. And then we ask that question about applicability. Does that still apply to our lives? So the question is, is using pornography self-gratification, is it applicable, this principle applicable to it? And the answer is absolutely yes. So then we jump to step four, which is consulting the biblical map. I want to give you guys a, a really quick run through of this. Uh, I said something about a concordance and a lexicon earlier, interlinear Bible. Those, those are tools that, that if you ever go through a seminary, Pastor Mike and I have these books sitting around. But I don't even really use the books anymore because I have Google. 
And there are tools like gotquestions.org and Bible study tools and openbible.com that will answer a lot of these things that I'd literally just search to get to these four verses that I'm about to read you guys. Pornea, scripture. That's all I did. And I can't, and it came back, there were way more than four, but I narrowed it down to four for you guys. First Peter chapter two, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, Peter's uh, getting at there that the, the foreigners and exiles, we are people of the church, we are foreigners and exiles to the world. We're different than, than those out in the world. For, as I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. And Paul wrote this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, flee from the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Then he also wrote in Colossians chapter 3, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And then the last one from Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, he said, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. When you consult the biblical map, you're just looking to see what the Bible says about that topic other than whatever verse you, you, you started with. And then step five is to grasp the text. In our town, this is simply asking again that question, how does this apply to me? The Corinthian church didn't have internet pornography. Again, they had statues and such. Um, so we got to connect the dots a little bit. But pornography and what surrounds it is absolutely an illicit sexual act and certainly involves lust. So at a minimum, using a process of deduction, I can say, stay the heck away from it. It's no good. It's not going to help you. As a matter of fact, it's bad. It's going to hurt you. Now, get away from pornography for a second, and you pick the topic in your life. Money, family, business, our attitudes, obeying our parents, jealousy, whatever your topic is, your study of the book with regard to that topic is the key to you being able to answer your tests. This is why your ability to study the Bible is a core principle in your faith walk. Father, I am so very grateful for tools that help us study your word. Lord, but, but more so, I'm, I'm so grateful for your spirit that encourages us to engage your word, Lord. It nudges us towards it and helps us understand it. Father, give us a desire to understand you, understand your word, your ways, Lord, help us live lives that honor you. Help us, help us understand that your ways are better for us, that there is a better way of life in Christ. Lord, we're grateful for your love and your mercy. We don't deserve them, but you give them to us. And Lord, it's through your word that we understand that. Help us understand it. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, Grace Community Church. Announcing your members. Bye. I hope you guys have a great week.